You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Dancing Man, a fabulous invalid podcast featuring exclusive behind-the-scenes interviews with the cast and creative team of Bob Fosse's Dancing on Broadway. I'm Rob Russo. I'm Jamie Dumont. And we're your hosts. We're also excited to be co-producers of Dancing on Broadway and thrilled to be back in the Roosevelt Cocktail Room at Civilian for another conversation with a member of the cast. Yes. Well, joining us this week is Maddie Love, who, in addition to being a member of the company, also serves as dance captain. Oh, I can't wait to talk to her about that. Being a dance captain seems like doing like double, triple, quadruple duty. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do your show. I don't. We have to talk to her about it because it seems insurmountable to me, but yet people do it. Yeah, well, Maddie Love is doing it, so let's talk to her. Let's. Maddie, welcome to the show. Thank you. You are the first member of the cast we've spoken to since Dance and Begun previews. So to kick us off, please share with us a little bit about your experience performing the final dress rehearsal and... The first preview. Wow. Okay. The final dress rehearsal was invited. So that energy was magic. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's like family and friends and loved ones. I don't know that I've heard a crowd that large. Like it just felt validating that like what we're doing is real and enough. To get into the weeds a little bit, we were there Sunday night, um, which is unusual to have a an, an evening performance on Sunday. Yes. And so it felt like there were people from other shows there, uh, yes. particularly in the mezzanine where we were sitting. And it really felt like a cheering squad. Could you feel that? Could yeah, you, can it was, you... it made like every person or every scene got like a roaring applause. Yeah. And it was just, it was nice. But that electricity from the industry on Sunday night was really nice. Did you have family or friends in the audience for that, that dress rehearsal? I invited my two neighbors. Oh, I um, they're maybe in their seventies and they walk my dog for me oh. <laughs> <laughs> when my dog walker can't, uh, Robert and Linda, they're wonderful. I just was like, thank you so much for taking care of my dog. Now, can you come see my show? So you know why you're watching my dog sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Had they seen you perform before? No. They said they haven't seen anything like this ever in a long time. <laughs> well, that's because there hasn't been anything like I this know. in a very long time. It's, it's an unusual show in in the fact that it's an entirely danced, mostly danced um, piece. Before we get into that, though, I, I'm curious. Do you have a pre-show ritual? I use this red light therapy. 
and I put it on my lower back and then I do some exercises to wake up my like my knee muscles or the muscles around my knee and my metatarsals. And then I like do a couple inhale exhales, four on, six off. And I do that every like pretty much before every show because it feels like okay, I'm firing some things that don't always fire because my muscles are fatigued. Mm -hmm. And then the breath helps ground me. And the red light therapy is for the muscles or is it, what does it do? It fires your neurons to turn on the muscles that may not be firing. And have you been using red light therapy for a while? I have. My my wonderful, crazy voodoo doctor from Utah gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I use it like anytime I'm like, oh, balance is off. Got to use my red light. And who knows, maybe it's placebo, but it's, I don't think so. I like press against my knees and like they're weak. And then I give it a second and my red light's still on my lower back. And then I do it again and it gets stronger. And I do it like four times the exercise. Mm -hmm. By the fourth, it is like engaged. Everyone needs a voodoo doctor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it comes in handy. I Whether swear by mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, this is not your Broadway debut, but it's the first time you've been in an original company of a Broadway show. Yes. Right? How is that different from, you know, stepping into a show that's been running for a long time? This is my track. When and if the show continues, on, someone will be doing what Maddie Love originated. Whereas what's really cool with Wicked, I was doing Ioana's track. And here I am doing a show with her, which is really cool. Wow. And you know, my isms will exist in the show in some form, in some way, the same way everyone else's isms exist in Wicked. Manny being at the tower, and I find it so full circle that he sits, like as Chistery, he's always up whether it's on the Oz head or like on the cog. And then here he sits in one of the towers, like <laughs> through all of big deal. And it's just like, it's full circle. EO uses a cane in wicked and she uses a cane in big spender. It's just like, it feels really, I don't know, full circle for a lot of people. Yeah. When we talked to Andre DeShields a little while back about Hadestown, he talked about how he sewed his DNA into the character of Hermes. Oh, I love that. You know, yeah. and like, I feel like this, you're doing the same thing in creating a track, right? Yeah. Like this will always be the Maddie Love track right. in dancing and, you know, knocking on all the wood that it will run for years right. and we'll have tours and go internationally and people will step into your track. That's a really, it's something I'd never thought about, but that's what happens when you originate a role. You know, even if the tracks do change, it's the way that I added a cigarette or anyone added something. Do you know? It's just like... The choices get the inherited. The choices get yeah. inherited and then they just stick. It feels weird to take them away. Well, it's the show, right? Yeah. They become the show. Yeah. It's the DNA. You had the great opportunity to do the show in San Diego last spring, summer, and are now doing it on Broadway. Um, there have been some changes made, you know, mm -hmm. between the two versions. But I'm wondering from your perspective as a performer... If audiences in New York are responding differently to the show as a whole, or even specific parts than they did in San Diego? I think so. I feel like in San Diego, I was shocked that we were received so well because the mm. audience was older and right. it it felt like maybe we would be too much. And I don't think that we were. Uh, they seemed to be a little more vocal in in response to some of the the moments that inspire you to laugh or to engage. Mm. I still feel like this audience in New York is unsure etiquette wise where to respond. And is mm. it okay? Uh, I, I would, I think we all want them to be a little bit more verbal in, in mid scenes. It, it feels like they're involved afterwards or you'll, you'll hear like a little giggle, but it's almost like you can feel them going like, do I want to, do you know, I just like feel like they're on the edge of their seats and yeah. they're wanting to, but they're not really as responsive as some of our 
um, audiences in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder if some of that is that a New York preview audience is, you know, I think it's a specific, largely the, the, the bulk of the preview audience, they know they're at a preview. They know that it's possibly still being worked on. Right. Mm -hmm. I think whereas the San Diego audience, they know it's a out of town tryout, but it's a different experience. I wonder if the New York audiences are sort of waiting to be told, okay, we can laugh yeah. or we can do this or we can react this way. Right. right. And, and because it's still early days, they're finding their footing as an audience in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Not unlike the company is finding its footing. Yeah. Right. I mean, you've only had a handful of previews, right? So I would imagine that you're still getting into the rhythm of running the show. A thousand percent. What is that like in terms of getting the show under your belt. It, do you have a sense of when that clicks? Has it clicked? What is that process For like? For me personally, it has not clicked yet in terms of like the fluidity of coming back to the show the next day. Mm. I'm still navigating how much to give and when. And you know, it's been a long time since we've done the show back to back to back. It's right. only been week one. Um, my body's feeling good. Love that. <laughs> That's good. But there are times when this show specifically, because the scenes change and your character changes, once you're in that scene and you leave it, you have to let it go. So like Crunchy, I feel like we're all trying to, you know, Crunchy is about introducing ourselves. That's our introduction to the audience. This is who I am. And then, you know, it gets big and rock and rolly. And then you're, you go from being like Zen to be like, ah, and like trying to find your balance and stay grounded is I think like the most wonderful part of the show because it sets you off. But if you have like one bobble, it's hard to not let that trickle through. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm just speaking for myself. And I think I've talked to some other castmates about just letting it go. You have to like begin again in each scene, but stay on the same train, but you begin again. I'm hopeful that this week, going back to your question, that I can sit in a a space where it feels buzzed, but it doesn't feel out of reach, but it doesn't feel comfortable because the show doesn't ever feel comfortable. And I think that's so wonderful about it. It's never the same. It's never the same show as for every live show. But this one in particular, because it requires so much physicality and being present and then being aware, being in, but being invitational, you know, it's just like a wild roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) I want to stick with Crunchy Granola Suite for just a second because it's the, it's the, it's the first number in the show. It's the introduction to the cast, as you said. Were you, as cast members, given specific instructions or directions from Wayne Salento, the director, in terms of your character or in terms of being yourself or in terms of how you, what your attitude should be? Yeah, that's a good question. Wayne always talks about just being you. Like the crunchy and the whole show is, is you. Um, so when you're introducing yourself... It could maybe change that day. Maybe I'm in a bad mood and I'm just using it and I'm like, I am here or, or like holding a tiny secret in my head always to just be like, I have something to tell you, but you don't know what I'm saying. Mm. And it can be something so far-fetched or it can be something really guttural. And then when, you know, the bass hits all those twitches, tick, 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 and then slap, and then the music comes in really large. I think everyone's visceral reaction is just like joy and like fire building up and um, energy. So he talks about, he talks a lot about not putting anything on because Fosse's work 
isn't presentational. It is, you know, that's why a lot of it is turned in and our heads are down and he had a hat because he was insecure in some of those things, but he turned those insecurities into power. And by being closed in, it invites someone to be like, but what, what are you hiding right there? And so I think like crunchy is that kind of, here I am, there's some more, you give them a little taste and then you pull off. Because you need to save some of it so you can pepper it throughout yeah. the rest of the show. Right. Even when you're playing a character that isn't you, yes. right? Because you do play multiple different, particularly in Big City Mime. Yes. Everybody's playing multiple <laughs> characters. And but what I'm hearing you say is you have to you have to put a little of yourself into each one of those. Yeah. A little bit of your soul goes along that ride. Mm. And I think that's what makes the work honest. And I think Wayne has discussed this and as far as I know of Fosse's work and intention is that it it is asking to be you. It, it's asking to be you in that character. It's not getting rid of yourself. It's who would I be if I was living this life? You know, it's and it's so beautiful because you're like, I get to be someone else. I don't have to be like an extra far away removed from myself. I just get to be a little version each scene. And it's fun because like some of those versions are like super sexy and some of them are whimsical. Some of them are shy. And I like that Fosse uses those insecurities. I don't know, maybe to be like, to, to be humbled or to be accessible. You don't want to, I don't know. I think as if I'm an audience member, I want to see that I can, that I exist somewhere. And so I think that our show really is allowing people to see themselves in every person just because of how diverse our cast is and how unique and eclectic. And mm. and the proof of that, of course, is that if you ask any audience, if you polled any audience, who's your favorite dancer on stage, everybody's going to give a different answer. Right, right. Right? Because they're, they're relating to something about that performer. It could be their look. It could be their moves. It could be the secret that they're holding that day. Right. right? Like yeah. there's so much going on in that, that energy exchange between audience and cast. Yeah. In addition to being a member of the company, you also are a dance captain. I am. And <laughs> you could explain for any listener who might not know what a dance captain does, just like nuts and bolts, what is a dance captain? It, yeah. And then um, share a little bit about, you know, your experience with the show as a dance captain. Cool. So I'm co-dance captain with Gabe. Mm -hmm. I'm an onstage dance captain, whereas he's off. So... I guess right now I'm really navigating how we're going to do this, but a dance captain is in charge of running rehearsals and keeping the show clean when the creatives are out, in charge of making sure people are on their spots. If there's a problem, if someone is having like, this person's a little too close for me, it's my job to then assess and see what's going on. Because we didn't have dance captains until this portion of our run, I'm like relearning scenes that I'm not in. I know the movement very well. I don't know that Ida's on number 12 or 14. Right. So my task right now on my downtime is I'm learning everyone else's show, writing it down, looking at the charts. So then when it's time to hold rehearsal or also put new people in, it's my job to teach them. And it's my job to know people's backstage choreography and... It's a lot, but I kind of <laughs> like it. I have swung in the past mm -hmm. and it feels like that just a little bit more heightened. I don't have to do these roles. I just have to know them. So if you're managing the onstage as the dance captain mm -hmm. and you're performing on stage, 
and you're doing your quick changes and all the other things that you're doing. How are you monitoring the evening perform or the perform the individual performances and doing your job? That's a good question. Right now, since we're only in week one and the creatives are here still, (laughs) I'm letting them do that. I'm trying to get into my show so I don't have to worry, but I do see myself sometimes being like off on that number. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it's coming in or also as I've taught a lot, but I have not given corrections to peers that are Mm. like older than me. Right. You mean I'm going to give Ron Todorowsky a correction? They were like Dylees, who's the legend. That's crazy. Yeah. But it, it's a part of the job. And I feel really honored that Wayne and Kren chose me to tackle it. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. We, um, we've been working on developing a play called Fosse at the Minskoff cool. by Mimi Quillen, who was the dance captain in 1986 for Sweet Charity, the big re- revival that Bob and Gwen put together. Um, and she talks candidly in the play about being a dance captain and how, you know, sometimes it can be tricky to negotiate. I'm a member of the cast, but I have to be, you know, sort of uh, uh, watching them and giving them notes. Right. And it, she, was, she was in the same situation where she was younger and it was her first Fosse show. And there were members of the cast who'd done the show, who'd been with Fosse for five shows, you know, and she had to give them notes. Right. So <laughs> it's an interesting position to be in, but yeah. also because of that, she's an encyclopedia of Sweet Charity, and you're going to be an encyclopedia, well, you already are, of dancing, Yeah, right? Mike, and the cast is so responsive and respectful. We have such a good camaraderie going on mm. that I don't think it's in, I don't think things will be received well. It will just be, like you're saying, negotiating how someone takes and receives a right. note. When's the best time? What's the language they like to hear? And that will just be trial by error. You're a diplomat yeah. in that sense, right? Yeah. And you have to learn personalities and yeah, how everybody takes notes. Yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing, <laughs> But though. a great skill, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, a really cool experience. Yeah, you know, checks off a list. And like, I do want to continue on this trajectory mm-hmm. of dance captain and, you know, switching. I love Corinne's career. And mm. I kind of see that for myself eventually one day, so. Yeah. Well, you just talked about the, um, you know, sort of culture among the cast. And it's very evident for anyone who sat in the audience that, like, you guys are a tight team. There's a lot of love. You know, you just you can witness it in the, the exchanges you all have on stage. I'm wondering, you know, how that culture sort of came to be. Was it organic? Was it intentional? And as dance captain, like, what's your role in, in fostering and, and promoting it? I think because we all came back from San Diego, well, you know, we're all the same cast. We've been together for over a year. Mm. The first lab was over a year ago. So the time, I'm going to say time was the superpower in mm. in knowing those answers because <laughs> I yeah. think time knows everything. When you're with people six days a week... <laughs> from 10 to six, and then you're learning a new show, you learn a lot about how people take on a lot of work, or you learn who's having a bad day and you learn how they handle it. They wanna be removed or they wanna like a held hand, hold your hand, held hand. San Diego, because we were there for maybe seven weeks, I can't remember the exact amount, but then you're like, it was like a little college. We were like staying in dorms, you know? So not only did we spend all working day together, but then we would like sit on the patio and have a glass of wine afterwards. And you, you know, friendships naturally form. I think because the work is so demanding, it requires a lot of trust from the person next to me. 
if I show up, they show up. And if someone's feeling down, I see that and I know that I have to, it's like a weight. When someone's here, the rest of the people go here. And it feels like we're all wanting the same thing, which is to succeed. And I think we all know that the only way to do it is to be together. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. And I have to imagine there's something to the fact of what the business that you're doing is dancing, yeah. right? Uh, with a G. Uh, <laughs> or, or with or, an apostrophe. Or not, right. um, and it's, you know, you've had the experience of being in a big, you know, musical with a book and songs and story and characters and, you know, what have you, mm-hmm. where I imagine, and maybe I'm just, you know, fantasizing here, but, you know, there's a lot of different things to hide behind in a show that's as big, like Wicked yes. or, you know, any, any show like that. Whereas this, it's your bodies. Right. Like that's what you are bringing to the task. Yes. And so I imagine even just that fact would change the nature of how you all bond. I mean, you have to. It's like you're you're your own instruments Mm -hmm. to like the nth degree. (laughs) And it's interesting seeing how ever you asked me about my my pre-show ritual. Mm. Dailise does a headstand before every show. That's her ritual, you know, and Peter like is always doing like a couple pirouettes. Manny (laughs) is doing his hat and saying his line. He has to, he has to say the opening monologue once before we start. So, you know, as I'm seeing what everyone's doing, it's, they're all doing something different, but it's all for the same reason. Mm -hmm. We're all, oh, it's so good. I just keep like, when I think of our show, I think of like, just joy and love. I hope the audience sees that, but it really does feel that way. It reads, what keeps flashing in my mind as you're talking is Big Noise from Winnetka, which is a number you do with um, two other dancers. And you had mentioned something about, tr- you know, you'd mentioned trust and having to trust the person on either side of you or next to you, is what you said. And I am struck thinking about Big Noise and how the three of you the way that's choreographed, there are moments where you are a unit mm-hmm. and then there are moments where you're each doing your individual thing. And it's so fascinating to me that you you break apart and you have your own moment and then you come back together and you're doing exactly the same choreography. And that goes on and on and on for however many minutes the number is. But it's so beautifully that three of you are so in sync and it's so fun to watch. And I have a feeling that that's partly about the trust you're talking about and, and, and how, and, and also there's perhaps some friendship in there too, right? Between the three of you. And it just, it plays and reads as you're dancing. That's cool. Yeah. Tony and Nando. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> there, I feel like we're the perfect mixed drink. 
Nando is like over there, you know, so wild. Tony's over here so wild and just different, different forms of wild. And then I'm in the middle and I just feel like I'm trying to ring him in. Come on, stay with me. (laughs) But then I'm also my form of crazy wild too. And I just feel like what you're saying, it feels explosive. And then we like clock back in. Um, We also have like a moment of like little improv. Mm -hmm. And before we go on every day, we're like, what's our theme? And sometimes it's like, oh, birds. And sometimes it's like, oh, I'm going to be vulgar. Oh, like I have a hard on or like something. (laughs) It's something like that that is like driving our our thought process. And then it's fun to look at them. And I'm like, that's what you thought. <laughs> this that's is- your version of hard on. Yes. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, okay. But I don't have one. So I'm not sure. But like, okay. That's cool. amazing. Well, it's interesting because there are moments, particularly when you come together where I can hear you all saying things to each other and the audience can hear it, but it's almost like it's not for us. Oh yeah. It's for you. It's, it's the three of you interacting. We can hear it. We can't quite make out what you're saying. So it is part of the moment. But it feels also private yeah. as well, which is so fun to watch. Thank you. Though well, that's good. I think Wayne will like that. <laughs> because he was in uh, Big Noise originally, too. Yes. And, he, you know, he's very passionate about any sort of scene or number that he did in the show. Which is almost every <laughs> number. Correct. But he's very particular about Big Noise and Big Deal. Like, mm. And so I feel like we have we've worked a lot on big noise because we are a little bit whimsical and we got a little away and Mm. I feel like we're finally in a place where we land and it's fun, but not comfy, but malleable. I have a a thousand favorite moments in the show, but that is at the top. I (laughs) love big noise. You're also talking to someone from Winnetka. Yes. Oh Oh, yeah. I'm actually, I grew up in Winnetka. (laughs) So, so there's that too, (laughs) but I'd like it even if it was the big noise from Sheboygan. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. (laughs) That's a different dance though, you know, but I'd like to see that dance. I love that. (laughs) That's That's amazing. Well, well, one of the great joys of the show is that everyone has their own sort of soloist moments or moments where they get to pop. Big noise in act one is a a big one for you. Mm Um, in act two, you and Jacob get to dance from this moment on from Kiss Me Kate, yeah. which is another really standout moment for you. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what it's like for the two of you to step into the shoes of Bob Fosse and Carol Haney. I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Surprisingly, it's not daunting. It just feels like the coolest feeling ever. It yeah. feels like Christmas morning. Supposedly, Fosse would wake up and say, it's showtime. Or he would tell like mm-hmm. his doorman or whoever, it's showtime. And I've been saying that a lot when, I, when I'm feeling like lethargic and down. And that is one of the numbers that requires it's showtime. Because it's so explosive. We're down on the knee and up in one second. And I just go back to like how they were doing that back then and we're doing it now in a in such a hopefully a way that's honoring them but it feels obviously current and different because our training is different like i don't know they were so free in expression and abandonment that is pretty i love to move that way but coming from like a very trained upbringing it it requires that I strip myself of that. Jacob's really fun to dance with. It's It feels like a cat and mouse chase. This is a really funny story. So in San Diego, we were doing the number and he was not looking at me. And so we had, I think we were watching the Super Bowl, all of the cast together. <laughs> and 
I went up to him and I had a couple drinks and I was like, you don't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) And like still to this day, he's like, I'm looking at you. I'm like, thank you so much because I was the only one looking at you and I'm not a chaser. So (laughs) if you could please show some sort of interest so I don't look like the only one who likes this number and you like would be really nice. And I don't know, ever since then, it it kind of created a bond for us where we're like, we're in it. There's so much humor embedded in a lot of this too, right? I mean, the the moment I love is when you're on the floor sort of reaching for him (laughs) and he's just always an inch away from you tweeting, right? He's got his his hands out like a bird. First of all, where did Bob Fosse come up with that, right? I I mean, it's so genius. Yeah. But uh, it speaks to like, you know, as you were saying, like, you know, all these moments that you find to bring yourself you know, to the yourself as the character, you know, to the piece. And like, we both just pop in that number. I mean, how could you not? Thank you. But it's really fun to watch. <laughs> I love the scream. I love the scream at the beginning. Oh, I love it too. Yeah. It just feels so right. And I'm like, ah! Yeah. yeah. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. Tell us about your audition process and how you got cast in the show. Well, actually, I was doing Radio City when the audition process started. And I had gotten a call back and I was like, hmm. And on that day in Radio City's Christmas rehearsal, I didn't start till later. So I could go to this audition, my call back. And I ended up leaving that job when I booked this one. But to start, we did a a big combination to Beggin. Do you know that song? I'm begging, mm-hmm. begging. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did all the comp, like there's Crunchy in there, like every... Corinne and Wayne just pulled, you know, a bunch of material and put it into one. And this was my first audition, my first like audition back after COVID, like dancing in Mm. a room. So the energy was fire. (laughs) Everyone was, everyone wanted this job. I think they like 800 people or something crazy. Six, I don't know how many, but a lot of people auditioned. You know, when you just know something's right. Like I just knew on that first day, I was like, I think this is like, it felt like home. And I'm going to veer off a little bit. And I'm sorry if I get emotional, but this show feels like home. Um, It feels so safe. And to be on stage is like the safest place to be, especially for us who are constantly auditioning and being told, no, not this time, next time. Um, And Wayne and Corinne and Nicole have just, I mean, the whole dancing team has done an amazing job at making every single one of us know that we're enough. I come to work and I know I'm enough. I go on stage and I know I'm enough. Like that's a dancer's dream. So yeah, it feels so good. Life's wild. You know, we're not told that we're enough, especially in like, you know, when you think about a, a different type of musical, you're someone else, but here I'm me and I'm enough. And I hope that the audience can leave with that too. You're invited to feel enough too. I was talking to Jamie the other day and I said, I never really understood a chorus line until I saw dancing. Because there's that moment where, you know, Zach says to Cassie, you can't be in, in, in the ensemble. You're special. And she turns and she says, no, they're all special. Yeah. You know, and I, and I understood that, you know, intellectually, sure. It's a great line and a play and it's a dramatic moment. But looking on that stage, Cassie's right. Yeah. You're all special. And it's rare to have the opportunity to see that. Right. And to be seen as a performer. Yeah. In that way. And we talked about this with Nicole. She brought up the the idea that one of the fun things about watching 
all of you perform is being able to pick a different person to follow, right? Mm -hmm. And each night it's somebody else. And we're doing that same thing. We've seen <laughs> we've seen the show a few times now and we will go back. <laughs> and every time I find myself, tonight I'm watching Maddie. Tomorrow I'm watching Jacob. That, cool. and, and, and sometimes I watch, obviously I can watch multiple people <laughs> yes. at one time. Yeah. But what's so fascinating is there's, I have no clear cut favorite because everyone is so special. And because it's such an incredible group of dancers on that stage everyone pops. And yet the way the show's constructed, everyone pops at different moments. Right. And so you're able to get all of that in one evening and then go back and do it all over again. And it's it's just magnificent. And please do go back. Yes. <laughs> please. But Many times. <laughs> but I also think, you know, listening, I, I was actually, as you may have noticed, very moved by your story. And I, I, while you were saying it, I was picturing the room and I was also picturing the time and place, right? It's post-COVID, right? We're we're navigating this new world. Nobody's been in a room in a really long time, and then you have this incredible experience of of being able to audition. And I just I thank you for sharing that. I, I don't have a question there, but yeah. that was just that was a really beautiful picture that you painted of what that was like. Thank and you. Yeah. I, that was lovely. Thank you. Well, we talked a little bit at the top of the. Uh, conversation about Wicked. Just to circle back again, another full circle. <laughs> you know, we read an interview from 2019 where you talked about seeing Wicked as I think I believe it was your first Broadway show, mm -hmm. right? And that was, you know, the thing that clicked in your mind that said, you know, I want to do this. I'm wondering if you could share with us a little bit about what you remember of that experience of seeing the show and what it was that made you say, oh, I, I want to be on that stage. Yeah. I saw the original Broadway cast, I think I was 10. And was my first trip to New York. And I just remember sitting there being like, oh, what I'm doing can be for something. You know, what I love isn't just like my Monday, Wednesday, Friday dance schedule. And the movement, the like grandeur of the costumes, the the set, the message really stuck with me as you like, I'm very as you saw, I like, I love feelings. I'm full of them. And I just remember being so moved, like their friendship and, you know, change for good and how that show, like as a 10 year old, I could connect to that storyline of like, you know, you, I picture like a rock being dropped and it, the, the ripple effect. That is that show. It stays current to now where we're like, we stand up for what's right. And so I think I just was so pulled to the message of, I don't know, sharing good because mm. there's, you know, there's a lot of shit out there, <laughs> but there's also so much good. Mm. And if we can like shed more light on that, but we can honor where, where we are, we can still celebrate the good. I don't know if that answers your question, no, but does. I just Absolutely. remember, I also yeah. saw moving out that same trip. Oh, wow. And I also remember being like, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so so you were already dancing at that point. I was, yeah. Well, when did you start dancing? What was your, your yeah. early introduction like? I started dancing when I was three. I have three sisters, two older, one younger, and we all dance. <laughs> uh, the Love Girls is what we were known for in our competition world. But yeah, I grew up competing and I spent a lot of my summers here in New York doing nationals or summer intensives. So once I told my mom at age 10... She was like, all right, we're going to get you there. And we just, my parents have always been anything you want. You can do it. it. Like, just go put in the work. It will happen. Don't give up. So I have a good support system in the back that makes jumping not feel so scary. 
Well, I also think you have the perfect last name for... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure you've gotten that your entire life, yeah. right? But it certainly has informed your your personality. Thanks. I know I love it, no pun intended, but yeah. also there was an, a love in the original cast of Dancing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Ed Love. You can't do Dancing without love. You can't do Dancing without love. You know? And I know I always get asked like, oh, is that your stage name? And I'm like, mm, I'm not sure I would pick that for my <laughs> stage name, but well, I'm never changing those, it. Right? Yeah. yeah, I'm never changing it. If I, if, and when I get married, it's staying. And Rob told me I couldn't ask if it was your real name. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we talked about this last night. Said you can't interrogate someone's name like oh, that. Oh yeah, it's real. And like, my name is just Maddie. My family calls me Matt. I love that. I love yeah. it. I love it. Do you have a favorite moment in the show? Whether, you, whether it's your moment or someone else's? I have, I could probably answer that differently every time, but specifically right now, one of my favorite moments is in America when we're singing Yankee Doodle, the two lines go down, I'm in the back row, and I watch my whole cast take the same inhale for the next line, and it's moving because I'm, I'm like, whoa, we're all breathing together. Like, that has just been replaying in my brain like all weekend. Yeah, that's my favorite right now. I did not expect that answer. <laughs> I know. That is fantastic. And I love how specific yeah. that was. I can just yeah. see everyone. And like, I think after at that point, you know, the rocket, like, not the rocket, the fireworks. fireworks. Thank no. you. Goes off in the back, but like, I can see it illuminating on the audience. And then we take this inhale and I just see everyone go, and it's just beautiful. Wow. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I, I, I think I am a very aware person and I think that's why I'm going to be a great dance captain. And it's mm -hmm. why I was a great swing because it's not just me on there and it's not me just telling the story. I need to make sure that my peers and cast and everyone knows that mm -hmm. like I'm with you too. And I see you, or if you're off, I can scoot around you that time. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the beauty of it. So yeah. language on stage, we're just communicating. Well, you've talked, you've touched on this a couple of times throughout the interview, but I'm wondering if you can share with us your version of what Bob Fosse and his work means to you and what it means for you to be in this show. It means a lot for me to be in this show. You know, his movement's just so exposing and I wasn't really introduced to Fosse at a young age and I didn't think that I could be a Fosse dancer because I'm not like the typical body type or, you know version of what we all know Fosse to be, but I'm now learning is just a version because we all have our version. It just requires me to be so present and honest. And I use the word trust a lot because it's physically demanding, but it's also so, it, it's like kind of like a stove. You have to like touch it and it's hot or like if it's, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's so palpable on the inside that it, it's rewarding, but yet feels like I need to come back to it to learn more and to like give more and have it feel different every time. So I think I just, I like, I want to just thank him. Sometimes I'm like, I don't like your musicality because I think it's hard to count. <laughs> Sometimes I like just look up and I'm like, why, why, why 18 eights? And then a, <laughs> and a 12 after the 11th eight, that's just silly. Why, why'd you do that? But then I also like want to thank him because I just, I feel like I've said seen and understood and that's a dancer's dream. And also I feel like 
it's not supposed to always feel good. And sometimes it doesn't. And that's the work. It's not everything should look or feel good. That's what makes it real. And interesting and fun yeah, to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and keeps you coming back. Yes. Yeah. If it, if it felt good every time, then I'd just be bored. Well, one thing that both performers and audiences of dancing will never be is bored. Bored. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Maddie, for sharing so much of your soul thank with us, you. not to mention your time on a very busy schedule. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. It really has. And I love um, <laughs> Bob Fosse. That's just silly. <laughs> <laughs> having t-shirts made (laughs) just so you know (laughs) thank you i've really enjoyed my time here thanks bob fossey's dancing is now on broadway at the music box theater for tickets and more information visit dancingbway.com Dancing Man, a Fabulous Invalid podcast, is a production of O&M Etc. and the Fabulous Invalid LLC, and a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. Special thanks to Civilian for hosting us, and to our audio engineer, Kyle Moore. If you liked this episode, we've got over 100 episodes of the Fabulous Invalid podcast that you can check out, including a two-parter on the life, work, and legacy of Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. You can find us online at thefabulousinvalid.com, and on social media, at fabulousinvalid, and on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.